Hello everyone, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. I'm joined here with Caden. Uh, we're going to do our Rowdies recap episode. Uh, the Rowdies recently played on, when was it? It was uh, uh, Saturday evening, which was the 6th? Yeah, it was May 6th. May 6th, they played uh, Phoenix Rising at Aulang, and uh, the vibes were pretty good there. Vibes were there? Not, uh, not a packed house by any means, but um, I mean, just off rip, we looked so different than any other game I've watched this season. Um, they just looked more in control. They more they had more uh, possession time. And they just were setting up plays. They, they were just getting so many shots on goal to where, like, it was to the point where I was like, yeah, we're going to win this. This like, was the best Rowdies team I've seen since... Last year. Last year's yeah. playoff. Uh, and... That's uh, this is better than the Rowdies team that we saw uh, before the playoffs, like right, like that last game that we went to. Yeah, uh, it, 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 we didn't cover this pretty much. Uh, this is our first exactly. season covering the Rowdies. Mm, like last season, we went to uh, went to the ending the ending games, went to a little bit of the playoffs, the playoffs, all the playoff games that were here. We went back to back games and everything, but uh, the first game we went to, they were looking good, and then they played uh, Miami at home. And we went to that game. That was the best they've looked to me ever. Best they looked ever. I'm pretty sure we won that three to one. Yeah. And we were just on fire that game. Ever since that, I've seen them in that one game. They haven't looked as good since that game. This is the best they've looked since that game. And we're still absent. Leo Fernandez, our our kind of focal point of the team. And we lost our all-time leading goal scorer, Sebastian Gonzati. Yes, and he's. He's on a different squad now, right? He's on Indy 11. That's pretty awesome that he's mm-hmm. you know there, but sucks that we lost him. You notice the production loss at the beginning of the season. And like I said, all year this has been the best game, dominating performance. Um, Charlie Dennis had a great, uh, what was it, a free kick or a PK? Yeah, it, was, it was a free kick. It was a nice free kick. Actually, more than nice, I will say this. He can shoot the ball. It's just he has no touch. Um, yeah. He had uh, four or five opportunities that game against Phoenix Rising where he could have scored um, if he just was able to one-touch it into the goal, and he was just unable to do that. Um, and, and, and just, it just rowdies. We haven't, you know, and we're talking a little bit more about, you know, some of the teams and the players that we lost last year, and Sebastian Manzotti is one of those players that not a lot of people talk about a lot. He was with us. Uh, he, I mean, he joined us in uh, 2017. He he scored in his in his first season with us. He, he played eleven games, had two goals. It was like it was kind of like a you know what do we got here? He could be good. He's coming off of a short stint with the New York Cosmos, and came over here and we didn't think that he would become one of the greatest Rowdies players ever. And in twenty twenty one, he had his best season of his life, played thirty six games, had twenty two goals and seven and six assists. That is a crazy crazy season. That's a year. 22 goals and six assists. Like and I can, I can tell that we're missing him because he plays where Charlie Dennis usually plays. Charlie Dennis is always his backup, but uh, yeah, I'm happy with what Charlie Dennis said. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. Kind of hard to fill those shoes. Yeah, hard to fill those shoes. But I'm not. When I say that Charlie Dennis doesn't have touch, I'm not trying to shit on him too badly. But again, he does whiff opportunities, but he also does make up for it. Mm-hmm. He's gotten two goals in the past four games. I mean, he's. He's been doing something well, and on that free kick, you can see his accuracy kind of show. That that yeah. shot was gorgeous. It was gorgeous. Uh, you, you can't teach that. Um, 
there's only a certain amount of guys that I've seen at all levels of soccer or football uh, that can make that kind of shot. And he's he's one of those shooters in this league. I see that. Um, I mean, granted, our team sucks this year, and in the grand scheme of things, no, not but that bad. I mean, we're fourth. not we're not top. We're fourth. We're not in the. We are. We're fourth, fourth in the whole league. Fourth, fourth place in our division. Okay, I was about is, to say. Which is well, actually not division conference. Yeah. So what? We're like eighth or um in the me, league. Let me bring up the whole like stand, standings. Uh, but this lineup also consisted of Forrest Lasso and Frederick Kleeman, both of our center backs. Um, as well as Antley and uh, Gullion. Really good back four. So we are actually fourth best in our in the Eastern Conference. In the Eastern Conference, but in totality, we're just not used to seeing the Rowdies stutter like this. The Western Conference, in terms of points, is a lot better than the Eastern Conference. So we can just hope that we can pull out, get some more wins under the belt, get more points on the board, yeah. obviously. But another player that I wanted to talk about was Harris. Uh, he, yeah. shifty Dayon guy, Harris. but just lets me down every game. Dayon like, Harris. Well, I feel like where he doesn't get enough touches. I feel the reason why he's on the pitch is even when he has the ball on his feet. You know, I, you know, big Rowdy fan. I'm not gonna try and shit talk anyone that you know, plays for us. But when Dayon Harris has the ball at his feet, it just seems like he does less than when he doesn't have ball on his feet because having like there's all there's so many aspects of soccer and it's the same with football too when you're thinking about football you know you you when you're when you're designing routes and you're designing plays and stuff like that say you have a wide receiver running in or an out and you have another wide receiver right next to him on a fly you're trying to create separation and distract defenders that is what his main Purposes for the Rowdies. That's how I see it. And I just I see him as a separation and a play creator. I don't see him as much as a flashy playmaker well, in terms of the ball at his feet. What's wrong with his talents? Because he's probably like the fastest guy on the team. Yeah, he one is, of them. I would say. Um, I just would hope that you know he would be able to get more shots on goal. And yeah. when he does have those opportunities, I mean, he sends in crossers and stuff. He does a lot of like you said. He has more usages. Uses than just being that I just make like a run guy. He can't get behind the ball. You know what I mean? Like when when the ball comes to him, because even when uh, we were playing Detroit City FC, beautiful pass by by Ryan Spalding in yeah. his debut. Again, we'll, we'll talk about his beautiful pass the other night. But uh, beautiful pass against against Detroit City FC in the opening specs of the game, and Dan Harris whiffs it. The open goal. The one one v one. I remember that. Dayon Harris versus the goalie, mm. and uh, he just whiffs it. So I see problems with his finishing and his composure, but as a winger and as a separation creator, I feel like he does his job well yeah. enough. And I think, honestly, he does again like what you just said. He does what you need him to do. Exactly. He does what Neil Collins wants him to do. But like, we do need to turn it up here. We are kind of reaching that midway in the season mark pretty soon. So I think Detroit City FC this Saturday, easy dub. We got you. Just yeah. keep just keep yeah. that keep that lineup in that's been going on in the backfield. I really again the lasso and Kleeman. Two back to back clean sheets, by the way. You, yeah, you need you need two captain alpha guys in those center back positions. Six and two, six five. They're both good both amazing players. Kleeman is like he's not physically talented by any means. I'm not smart. crapping on him, but he's, he's very smart. smart. He sets up plays 
and he uses his body properly when he's when he's committing a slide tackle or when he's dropping back to help out Sparrow. But it's just one of those things where I want to see them start the rest of the season like yeah. that. Like mm-hmm. they need to it, like, and I get some guys have to rest. You're gonna have to rest Kleeman. He's been fucking starting every game this season. Yeah. But I mean, I just want to see them on the field, like at almost a hundred percent of the and time. I feel like now together we found our lineup, and even you know last episode, last uh, Rowdy episode we did, I was talking about even I, every single Rowdy episode we've done. I said start JJ Williams, right? Yeah. We started him in back to back games. Not only do we win both games, but we both get a clean sheet, and. JJ Williams was was responsible for the for the uh, for the buildup of both goals we scored. Y- yes, and I, he got the first goal uh, against Beautiful. Phoenix Rising, a gorgeous header by Ryan Spalding, uh, assisted by Ryan Spalding. Ryan Spalding, even the run up to that, he uh, he you know he had that box to box run where he brought it up from one side of the field to to the midfield and he passed it off to Charlie Dennis, swooped in behind the right back and then got it passed back to him, dribbled all the way down to the eighteen yard box. Popped it over the defender's head, and there was J.J. Williams right there. I'm going to say this. J.J. Williams needs to start yes. from here on out, yes. mainly because we don't have Leo. And we also won. And, yeah, we won. We've won with him up there and being the focal point of the offense. But he's he's an enforcer, man. He's he huge. He's big. He's huge. He's bodying guys. He's getting guys' attrition. I mean, like, he's a really – he's more than just a striker. He's yeah. genuinely – Probably your king, uh, your queen piece on the board. Yeah. Uh, when he's out there starting, because again, his size gives him a massive advantage. He almost had like a hat trick. He, he had did, two yeah. headers that just w- sailed on him. Mm-hmm. But and when he had a he had a perfect one v one chance with the header, I think he lost uh, not with the header, but the uh, with the goalie. He was coming around towards the right side of the goal. It was kind of a hard shot to make, but I think he lost his footing a little bit, or he just whipped on the shot. But uh, he honestly like. He has so much potential for this season. I think I'm pretty sure it's already two goals in the season for him. I, I don't. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna be wrong. I want to check that up. out real fast. But I will say this: he does that. He does add that electrifying presence to the pitch. Because when he had, when he's up there and like there's a good ball, and he's he's making a run. He's huge, but he also has that separation speed to where if you let him get behind you. And it's if it's on sides, it's clean. He and it's one on one. He's definitely getting the goal ninety percent of the time. He blows past people too. For for a guy, because he's not just tall, guys. He's kind of bulky, and and not all muscular. Like he kind of has a. It, shout out to Ariel Martinez. Didn't see the pitch, but he kind yeah. of has that body style where you can't body him. Mm. You cannot body him on defense. He's yeah. just too fucking big. Exactly. You like if you do, it's a foul. You're just bouncing off of him. And but if you try and even go up there and like press him, bro, the only way you're going to be able to get the ball away from him is if you're one a tactician with your fucking feet. But two is it you're going to have to draw a foul. And if you do that, free kick or PK it. I mean, if he's not taking the shot, they have so many reliable center center fielders that can. Yeah. We saw Charlie Dennis, and Delegard came on for a little bit. Delegard did come on. Making some plays. Like, those guys, I trust those those, sh- those guys to be those shooters. Like, yeah. But JJ, like, props to him. He had a hell of a game. This is the most dominating performance I've seen from the Rowdies all season. He reminds me of, and obviously when I say this, I'm not saying he's in any way as good as him. I'm just saying he has kind of the player comp. Uh, those for you that have not seen him or can't see J.J. Williams play, 
Just imagine... He's a, he's a former a, football player. He's a former football player. Uh, just imagine a less, like, shooter instinct Romelu Lukaku. He is like a Lukaku. He likes to just, like, like blow past defenders, bump into defenders, use his size, trying to just to body people and get the ball at his feet. And he likes to just control it and pass it back and ask for passes so he can get behind people, you know. Got just a, a nice physical striker. He's not a very well-rounded striker, but for his positional value and and what you can do with him, I think just he, you know, what can what, what what can't he do for the Rowdies this season? He has a lot of upside for sure. He He's young. Again, has all the talent, the attributes he needs. He just needs to execute. And like again, this, he could have had three goals. I like this formation too because you know, we're coming in on the uh, the four-two-three-one formation with four backs. Uh, two mid midfielders and uh, three attacking midfielders and one forward. We started out the season, I, I believe, I believe it was a uh, a four two two one. I believe that's what it was, where he had or or, or a um, I mean a a four two two two, which was a uh, two striker setup at the at, at the uh, front of the field. And I like that we've kind of substituted that out just to bring up Charlie Dennis, bring him to a central attacking midfielder you know it, it lessens the need for that second striker but it also gives the midfield some support in the attacking side because you know when you look at you know, when you look at football when you look at uh, soccer when you look at football when you look at any sport there's always that pivotal part of the field like in American football it's the trenches d line o line you gotta you gotta have good d line o line to win a game you know what I mean yeah you have to have a good midfield to win a game they're the grittiest players on the pitch. They're not the fastest, but they the need fastest, to have good their workhorses. They make yeah. the most. They they do the most work out of any player on a football field. They do the most. They're work. running the most. They're passing the most. They're doing everything. You know, with attackers, you're making runs. With with defenders, you're kind of staying back there. With midfielders, you're doing it all. You know what I mean? And it's very hard to be a midfielder. And we have right now this this five midfielder setup we're going with right now. I really, really, really enjoy. It. I really do. And we we've substituted to have it having some wingers. Instead, they're just right and left midfielders. So like Ryan Spalding, not a winger. Um, Dayon Harris, not a winger. Right and left midfielders. But they serve. And they, the same yeah, place. they're attackers though. Exactly. They're up. They they're going to the be pressing, place. sending crossers in, but also providing defensive help if mm-hmm. needed. But. No, it just definitely, th- this new formation, like you've pointed out, it's added that more, it's added more of an element of we're going to pressure you. It's more fluid for sure, but when it's on the other opposing side, uh, when the when it's on, when the ball's on the opposing side of the pitch, it, uh, I, it seems to provide more playmaking yeah. abilities, like more passes can be set up. Mm. And as long as you have the ball, like if you have the ball longer than the other team, you have more chances to create shots more chances to just score and just keep it away from their playmakers, you're going to win. And they that's can't what, score. They can't score if they don't have the ball. And don't get me wrong, Phoenix Rising, they were trying. They, they were. They, they were playing their ass off. They did get a goal that was called back because of an offsides. And but, it was, I mean... You know who scored it, right? Who? Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo didn't make... I remember that. Yeah, I remember like looking this. up. I'm like, yo, there's a guy named Danny Trejo playing mm-hmm. soccer right he got, now. He got subbed in. Dude named Danny Trejo. Pretty sure he had a mullet. That's pretty amazing. Now yeah, now, now that I think about that, that's even better than when I, you know, hearing that live. Now, uh, when I I was in school today and first period, shout out PCHS, 
Nah, not really. Not, not no, any school in this county is dog shit. But, <laughs> but uh, I was in school in first period, and I have a computer class first period. So I'm like looking up the game, looking up the stats and everything like that. And I uh, yeah, just just for the fun of it, I go on this website called Transfer Market where you can look at the price of a bunch of players. And I was in class, and I want to look up who is the most expensive USL championship players. Turns out that two of the top five most expensive, in terms of transfer value, most expensive top five, two, uh, two of the top five most expensive players in USL, they both play for Phoenix Rising. Oh wow, so they're paying out. Yeah, number one most expensive player in the league is their goalie, uh, Rios Novo, at a million dollars. And then their right mid, I'm pretty sure he's like the third most expensive player at 600,000. He is Gallardo. Gallardo. And we, yeah, honestly, they're not that good of a team, Phoenix Rising. I don't think they were that good last year. It's, it just seems like one of those situations where, like one of those PSG situations. They've paid out, so exactly. they're fucked. They've, they've paid a bunch, they've paid so much money to a bunch to a bunch of players. They're not the best. Not saying that PSG is not the best, but. They're just, just never going to be the best no, in the just, league. Well, no, they are the best in the league, but just look at what they've accomplished. Like, the only trophy that PSG, the only major trophy that PSG is going to make away with this year is their own league. Mm. And League One is not a hard league to win at all. It's not a hard league to win at all. They choked, they choked in uh, the conference, uh, the uh, the Spain, the Spain, uh, not, not the Spain thing, the France thing. They choked in Champions League. It just seems like nothing really goes well for those teams that, that dump a bunch of money into their, their rosters. Yeah. You know I mean? No, I, I respect with, what with the, the Rowdies Nets, do. When the Nets had uh, James Harden and Kyrie Irving. And, yeah, you see that. Those exactly. dream teams never really... They unless really it's like where they're supposed to. Unless it's an iconic one like MJ or Magic Johnson or LeBron James or something like that. But like... Or, or in football, there's not really a dream team you can make because the Pro Bowl sucks, but... Yeah, I mean, when you actually break it down, those teams that do drop a lot of money on players and don't put it elsewhere, you can see the lack of talent and exactly. depth, honestly. And the Rowdies, it's a luxury organization in, in the USL. Mm-hmm. People, players want to play for that team, the Rowdies organization, because it's a good and has a great history. It's a good team, good club, and it offers that sense of, you know what, you may not make the most, but beautiful area. it's a well. great place to live and, and play. But it may not be the, the place where you'll make the most money, but I will say this, you're going to live in the, a fucking cool-ass area by Vanoy Park, probably, practicing at Al Lang. Mm. They probably have a separate facility to practice and train and stuff, but I, I just think that, honestly, out of all the USL teams, I would probably want to play for the Rowdies the yeah. most if I was a soccer player yeah. in the USL. Either them or and maybe you see that, Indy though. 11, because Indy 11 is dropping, I think... I saw a report where they're dropping, they're they're uh, installing a whole new stadium, mm. whole new shit around this whole new stadium. They might be going up then. Like it was like billion dollar like renovation, like billion with a B. So I think yeah, they might be going to MLS. Be going up, yeah. Which we want that for the Rowdies, but we don't want them to lose Al Lang, and exactly. Al Lang only sits like seven to eight thousand. Seven thousand so, five hundred. I mean, it's just it's not an MLS stadium, and we don't want them to go to Tropicana because Tropicana kind of fucking sucks. Well, so. I, we, if they were going to do anything like that, I would I would assume they would go back to where they originally played before they played at Al Lang because Al Lang was always a baseball field, and they just go back to playing at Ray J. Yeah, which kind of sucks. You know, I'm I'm not. 
the biggest fan of, of Raymond, Jace, Raymond James Stadium. I don't hate it, but... Uh, it's just kind of mid. Exactly. It is, it is kind of mid. I just feel like the vibes are all right at Alang, you know what I mean? I agree, but, like, if they did move to Raymond James Stadium, like, shout out to anyone listening in Tampa, but, like, you already know, the commute to that stadium fucking sucks. Sucks, bro. It's not really, like, a soccer area anyway. Like, like, dude, look, Alang is perfect. At, bro, just look at, like, when, even when you're on the pitch. You have stuff to look. There's water behind the pitch. There's a whole it's marina. Beautiful. It's beautiful at Alang. Why would you want to move? You you feel the breeze. You hear the mm-hmm. water smacking against the seawall. I mean, if they were able to somehow add 10,000 seats to Alang and not make it to where, like, they're blocking the water off, I would I love like, that. I feel like it's definitely doable it, just because of that whole part where uh, they have... Uh, like the built the built seating that, that costs a little extra. Yeah, they, sat there last they added layers behind that row, and then or, maybe or instead they just tear that whole shit down and build a permanent seating yeah. that actually fits a lot of people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like that would be that's that's where they have the most room for improvement and expansion is right there by the uh, by the gift shop. If they were able to expand seating in Alang by ten thousand at least and bring up the total amount that you can seat there to like seventeen to twenty thousand. They could definitely be an MLS team. I yeah. mean, you really want at least like twenty thousand seats. But and, you know, I don't think we have. I mean, we're not that bad of a team either. We we showed that we have can at least put up a fight against an MLS team. And we, we would just need more money it to would, come in. Yeah, and even when you get relegate, when you get uh, promoted like that, I'm pretty sure you do get an instant bump in money. At least that's how it works in Europe. Like I know if you're if you're going from EFL Championship to Premier League. Well, I mean, I think crazy, like $150 million. I think it depends. I think that might be like a budget limit, but like, I think it does depend on the ownership actually putting money into the club and the owners of the Tampa Bay Rays own the Rowdies. So, and we see what the Rays are doing this year. Maybe, you know, if the Rowdies do get a call up in the next two, three years, maybe the ownership will actually take it seriously and try and get a legitimate MLS squad in Tampa to bring it. Maybe bring a championship home. We need the be... city of St. Pete to do something about it. The city of Tampa, you know what I mean? Yeah, that yeah, whole that's... area needs to just kind of figure that shit out because MLS is exploding. Yes, it and is. It's only going to get more expensive on a team. It really is. It It's one of those things where the, the viewership for just straight-up football or soccer exactly. is growing in America to insane proportions. But just one of those things where... Um, we gotta, you know, as fans of the Rowdies, if you do live in that local area, support the team. Go buy a jersey, go go on their online shop, follow them on their social media platforms. Soccer is a beautiful game to watch, it especially is. if it's done properly. Um, and if you have a local team, definitely go out and support it. There's nothing look like up, cheering for yeah. your soccer team. There's look nothing up, like it. Look up uh, USL Championship. Chances are, like, most likely you do have a team in your area, like a if you live if you live near like an hour thirty away from any sort of major city, there's I'm not saying like it doesn't even have to be that major of a city. Tampa is not that big of a city, but we have a team. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like like Phoenix, Phoenix, Arizona is not that massive of a. Of a I mean, of a city. I never been to Phoenix, but I know it's a it's a decent sized city. But exactly. I know it's, but not, it's not like a major sports city. capital. It's not you know? a major city, like. If you think about major cities, most people think about, like, Detroit, Chicago, 
you know, yeah. all this stuff. No, I agree. Nobody's really thinking about Tampa or Phoenix. Well, Tampa, you know, it's kind of getting up there, but okay. I, I agree with you. It's not in like terms a, of, in terms of sports, yeah, but it's not a major like. Yeah, Tampa's it's not an not American. Fucking, it's not a major American city. Exactly. In that sense, it's not like like you ask someone overseas. You, you know, Phoenix, Arizona. Hell no. I mean, they might. You never know, but I'd I, say they have. They they probably it's there's a higher chance likely. they know New York. Yeah. Obviously, but yeah. no, it is it in America. It's weird because it's not due. You can't get relegated or promoted due to performance. You get relegated and promoted due to popularity so if you're in the usl and you want to get to mls you have to have a lot of fans and a lot of money coming in from your fan base to be able to even be thought of or considered to be moved up and they don't even move up teams every year like it's just it's random it's like a random thing like you kind of just fucked and i'm sure they have like a set system on how that goes down but not even. <laughs> I, I'm sure it, like they have to really see a team in the USL explode to, mm-hmm. to really get like give them that spot in, in the MLS because they'll also have to add another team. But yeah, they have to be ready for a whole expansion. Pack. Yeah, there's going to be two, maybe four teams having to go up, so they have to pick the smartest ones, and then more USL teams will have to form. So it's just one of those things where American soccer is growing incredibly, and if you're not on the on the bandwagon now, I think you should be, especially if you live out in the area we live in, the Tampa Bay area. Definitely go support the Rowdies. We and love I, them. You know, I feel like this recent growth uh, or uh, this recent growth in just terms of soccer, you know, pop- popularity of soccer in America is largely due to the World Cup. Mm. So many like World Cup ratings this year were crazy compared to any other year. And you, you can say, I think it's largely due to because of, you know, Messi. Not, not only was it Messi's last World Cup, it was also Ronaldo's last World Cup. And not only did, did Messi go to the final, he fucking won. Yeah. He won, which is which is insane. And more people, you know, that, that got so much popularity. I think more and more people are starting to listen to soccer. Like, I have, a, you know, there's, there's a kid I know um, last year, you know, he, he probably wouldn't even care about soccer. Now... Yeah. He's, you know, he's talking to me every single day about what's going on in the soccer world. And the I'm, interest in exactly. the game and I was has like, you been know, when, increasing. When did you get so interested in soccer? So at the World Cup. And I was asking so many people, oh, the World Cup. I started watching soccer during the World Cup. Can you imagine what happens in 2026 when the World Cup is actually in America? Oh, it's going to go crazy. I feel bro. like there's going to be so many, like, so many new soccer fans. I love it. I'm so ready. Yeah, for no, it. it's gonna definitely expand the MLS and the USL and all these American soccer leagues for sure. The fact that the World Cup will be taking place in America, and maybe one of the, the world is in Miami. We're gonna go. One of the world, the, the world can see what American soccer looks like for themselves as well. Because I feel like there's a stigma about American soccer from people abroad. That it's like, oh, it's lesser. You know, it's I a mean, lesser thing, which would, it is it based is defi- on performance. It definitely but, is, but. You cannot you sit here. It. You cannot sit here and tell me that that a um, a Greece team could or the Greece league is better than MLS. Yeah, like you cannot. No, that's no, that's not true, bro. I mean, it's just one of those things where I feel like America was late to the party on soccer. Oh yeah, by yeah. hundreds like, of years. Like if we were to go over there and start playing American football, they would have they would have no idea that we would. Well, they have the EFL, the European Football League. Yeah, come those on, guys. Yeah. If those guys were good, then they play in the NFL. I mean, you never know, but it's true. just one of those things where you know I'm glad to see, and it seems like you're glad to see the sport growing over here in the states, and we get to see more and more. 
great soccer. Um, and we obviously have been supporting the Rowdies since last season. True, true fan since last year. But honestly, you know, I feel like I've uh, been watching them forever. Exactly. And that's why it's so awesome. You just go down there cheering for your team, and then they get a fucking awesome ass goal, and you and your homie are just we even dabbing about up. like we were we watched we watched uh, it was our second Rowdies game ever playoffs against Miami, and I don't even know if we have a rivalry against Miami. But uh, it was immediately the South Florida Derby, and um, they played again this year too. They played again this year, and it was game. just on site. Fuck Miami, like fuck Miami FC, and uh, legit a week of of supporting the Rowdies made us want to throw like throw hands for the Rowdies. Like we almost fought a guy because he disrespected the Rowdies. And, and we'd only been fans for a week. Like that that's what it does yes. to you, man. That's what it does to you. And you've heard the story back on the pod and episodes prior, but there was almost an altercation over soccer, so it's one of those things where you get passionate and those flares fly and you kinda gotta just respond accordingly and respect your team and if someone else doesn't, you, you gotta step up to the exactly. plate there. Step up to the plate, fucking take bat a thousand. Bat a thousand, indeed. Oh yeah. But um we really appreciate it for everyone out there tuning into this Rowdy, uh, this Tampa Bay Rowdies recap episode. Uh, the match obviously was May sixth against Phoenix Rising, and they're playing again Tampa Bay Rowdies uh, in Alang on Saturday the thirteenth against Detroit City FC. So stay tuned in for more recap episodes the rest of the season. We'll possibly be at that one. Hopefully, we'll be at that one. It's kind of up in the air right now, but I would like to go. Um, it's always fun going there, and we've we've been to almost I've been to six games this year, so yeah, uh, this is we're gonna be going on seven, so that's that'd be awesome if we are able to go, and if we are, keep up, uh, keep lookout for photos and stuff on Instagram at Tea Time Reports, photos and videos from the match against Phoenix Rising are already up there, so if you guys want to see what Al Lang looks like and what the vibes there are like, then definitely go check that out and give us a follow on there. But thank you everyone so much for tuning into this episode, and thank you Caden for. Giving you your time and uh, keep a lookout for our USFL Power Rankings episode, which should be out shortly. Take care, everyone. Thank you. For the Rowdies. Peace. Somos Rowdies.